Hello, this is Supriti from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 6th of August. India reported 44,643 new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the country's tally to over 3.18 crore. 464 people died because of the virus in the same period, which pushes India's death toll to over 4.26 lakh. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 200 million people and caused 4.26 million deaths. In a letter to Prime Minister Narendra Modi, West Bengal Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee claimed that the centre was providing more COVID-19 vaccine doses to BJP rule states while depriving West Bengal of them. She said that given a high population density and a higher rate of urbanisation, the number of doses given to the state was comparatively very low. She added that while she did not have a problem with BJP-ruled states receiving a higher number of vaccine doses, she could no longer remain a mute spectator to seeing Bengal deprived. Indian Express reported that yesterday the Delhi government told the Delhi High Court that it has proposed to take a sympathetic view by not initiating any action against all those individuals, organizations and religious institutions who have been involved in free distribution of medical oxygen to COVID-19 patients. It further clarified to the court that action would not be taken against those who distributed medical oxygen without any intention of commercial gains and whose action has not resulted in blocking and choking of the medical oxygen supply. Last month, a division bench of Justice Vipin Sanghi and Justice Jasmeet Singh had observed that both the centre and Delhi government had failed to provide sufficient medical oxygen to people and good Samaritans cannot be prosecuted for ensuring its availability in the national capital. Yesterday, the Delhi High Court heard the case of Jamia Millia Islamia student Asif Iqbal Tanha and accused in an alleged conspiracy in the northeast Delhi riots who had approached the court last year against leaking of his alleged confession statement by police to the media. In the latest development, the Delhi police told the court that it has failed to find out who the officers were or which office leaked the details of the investigation to the media, Indian Express reported. The police said that media personnel have refused to share any information regarding their source with the investigating agency. It also said that no prejudice has been caused to Tanha in his exercise of the right to free and fair trial. On March 5th this year, the court was told that the supplementary charge sheet filed before the trial court on February 25th was also leaked to the media even before its cognizance was taken by the court. The court had subsequently directed the Commissioner of Police to file a reply regarding the allegations of leaking of the contents by the police. On March 1st, the court had called Delhi Police's vigilance inquiry report on the leaking of the alleged confession statement half-baked and a useless piece of paper. Z News is one of the main media organizations facing allegations in the case. In another case involving the Delhi Police and the media, the former told the Delhi High Court yesterday that it has not leaked any private chats of 22-year-old climate activist Disha Ravi. This was related to the case where a toolkit on the farmers' protest was tweeted by Swedish activist Greta Thunberg. Ravi was subsequently arrested in the case on February 13th and was later released on bail. The hearing where the police denied their role in leaking the chats was part of a petition that Ravi had filed. In it, she claimed that her right to privacy as well as her right to a fair trial had been violated. 
Ravi therefore asked for a direction from the court to restrain the Delhi police from leaking her private chats to the media. She has also asked for a direction to the center where she asked for appropriate action against news channels for publishing her private conversations. Senior advocate Akhil Sibbal argued and I quote, Police simply take the position that we have not leaked anything. Media openly says we got it from police sources and we are not going to reveal the source. So there is a narrow question of taking down my private material which is in the public domain and there is a larger question that how is this going to be addressed? What protection is there for a citizen? End quote. According to Live Law, in February this year, the Delhi High Court had said that the media coverage following the arrest of Disha Ravi showed that there was sensationalized reporting. It added that right to privacy, sovereignty and integrity of the country and freedom of speech needs to be balanced. This sinister underbelly of news reportage, where news channels sensationalize, go against media ethics, target minorities and indulge in hate speech, has become an uncomfortably familiar reality. The rabid race for eyeballs that is fueled by a broken news ecosystem is what has caused this. Acting as a media watchdog is News Laundry's essential role. We make sure that we hold news outlets accountable. A case in point is Yustra Hassan's latest report in our Bloodlust TV series. In the report, which is titled Bloodlust TV, Aman Chopra invents Muradabad Hindu exodus to revel in bigotry. Yustra writes about how the Z News anchor based an entire Tal Tokke show on an allegation the police have denied. Another recent media report that you can find on our website is by Basant Kumar. He found that at least 10 people have left Arnab Goswami's Republic Network after refusing to sign a harsh contract they suspect was meant to prevent employees from joining Times Now Navbharat. The report is titled, We'd Be Bonded Labour, Why Republic Staffers Refuse to Sign a New Contract and Quit. While it may look like the sad state of news is something that we have no choice but to come to terms with, Changing the business model is a way out, which is why News Laundry continues to push for a subscriber-based business model. When the public pays, the public is served. So do subscribe to us and join the movement to keep news free. Yesterday, the Kerala High Court ruled that the act of manipulating a woman's body to stimulate a sensation similar to penetration would constitute rape. According to the News Minute, the court said it was dealing with the question of whether the term rape, as contained in Section 375 of the IPC, also takes into account sexual assaults beyond penile penetration of the vagina, urethra, anus and mouth. The court said, and I quote, We have no doubt in our mind that when the body of the victim is manipulated to hold the legs together for the purpose of stimulating a sensation akin to penetration of an orifice, the offence of rape is attracted, end quote. The News Minute reported that the case was from 2015, when an 11-year-old girl and her mother went to a government medical camp in Thirumaradi in Ernakulam district and the girl complained of stomach pain. During the medical examination, the girl told the doctor that a neighbour had previously sexually assaulted her. While the High Court confirmed the accused's rape conviction, it held him not guilty under sections of the Protection of Children from Sexual Offences Act. This was because the prosecution could not prove that the girl was a minor at the time of the assault. The judges thus said that the failure to obtain evidence about the girl's age was a serious lapse on the part of the prosecution. The trial court had sentenced the accused, Santosh, to life imprisonment. The Parliamentary Standing Committee on Water Resources has said 
that India should constantly monitor Chinese actions to ensure that they do not pursue any major interventions on the Brahmaputra that could adversely affect the country's national interests. Headed by BJP member Dr. Sanjay Jaiswal, the committee additionally expressed apprehensions about Chinese projects in upstream areas. The committee's report, titled Flood Management in the Country, Including International Water Treaties in the Field of Water Resource Management, with particular reference to treaty or agreement entered into with China, Pakistan and Bhutan, was tabled in the Lok Sabha yesterday. Noting that there is no water treaty between India and China at present, the report said, and I quote, The committee expresses apprehension that though run-of-the-river projects undertaken by China per se may not lead to diversion of waters, but there is possibility that water can be stored in pondages and released for running the turbines. This may lead to certain diurnal variation in downstream flow and as a consequence may have an impact on water flows in Brahmaputra River and thus affect India's endeavours to tap the region's water resources, end quote. The committee was also satisfied with the fact that China is sharing hydrological data with regard to the Brahmaputra and Satlij, even though it is on a payment basis. Associated Press reported today that Israel has carried out more airstrikes on Lebanon. A statement from the Israeli military said its jets struck what it alleged were launch sites in Lebanon from which rockets were fired into Israel. The Israeli military blamed Lebanon for the shelling and warned against further attempts to harm Israeli civilians and Israeli sovereignty. Lebanese President Michel Aoun said that Israel's use of its air force to target Lebanese villages is the first of its kind since 2006 and indicated the presence of aggressive escalatory intentions against Lebanon. In a statement, he said Lebanon would submit a complaint to the United Nations. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. 